Saludos and salutations, Broncos country, and welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I'm your host, Adam Diaz, and ladies and gentlemen, let me start off by first apologizing for the delay of this episode. I know that's starting to become a normal around here, but uh, just to kind of keep things low term, I have no idea what the fuck is going on with my computer. It's acting really weird. When I tried to record two days ago, it wouldn't bring up Audacity. It wouldn't, like nothing was working. I don't know what happened, but it kind of reverted to whatever settings it had like two years ago when I had it, when it shorted out. Like it's really weird, but I'm having somebody take a look at it uh, pretty soon. But I was able to get around some of the things, which is basically getting the mic to work again, getting Audacity to work again and getting uh, being able to record for you guys. So, um, yeah, that's my dog. You guys probably hear in the background. Sorry about that. <laughs> Um, but anyways, guys, I'm going to get try to get back into the groove of things here. Uh, I will be trying to apply the background music that you guys have been accustomed to. If that doesn't uh, come out towards the final product, I really do apologize. Uh, but I think I was able to finally re-download it in a couple of other previous episodes. I, I don't know why. I just like to have them uh, on hand. But uh, anyways, uh, just to give you, bring you guys up a little bit up to speed, we're going to talk about the, the win that the Broncos had over the Packers, and we're going to look over what's coming up in two days as of this recording on the 27th uh, against the round two against the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that has been a thorn in the side of the Broncos for longer <laughs> than I'd like to admit. But just go over the usual basic stuff we go over at the beginning of every episode. If this is your very first time here, first of all, welcome to Broncos country and welcome to the show. Uh, you can follow me on X slash Twitter at a six foot ten Mexican. Please hit me up DM. I'm always happy and down to talk about football. Anything's going on. Doesn't always have to be Broncos related. Uh, shout out to the homeboy Chris Hernandez who reached out to me last week about last week's episode. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, one of the things that's pretty hard for Broncos country, excuse me, podcasters to do uh, nowadays is to stay optimistic and stay positive and try to find the light in this shitstorm that we have of a season. And that's really all we can do because if you go anywhere on social media, it's really dangerous because I feel uh, that there's a lot of negativity going on. And we're gonna get into some of that, uh, some of those issues here today. Uh, once I stop following to the side and uh, get back to the stage um, report at hand. So anyways, guys, follow me on X slash Twitter, wherever it is you guys are listening to this show, X, or uh, iTunes, Amazon, Google, wherever it is you guys are listening to this episode, please make sure five-star rating, uh, thumbs up, subscribe. If you'd like to become a, a, don a donation, donator, I think is what you call it, to the show, please feel free to, uh, on Anchor slash Spotify. You know what, at this point, I don't really even know what the hell to call it anymore because it's just, like it's a Spotify formerly known as Anchor, whatever it is. But I just found out that they are still doing the whole listener support thing, which is great. So if you'd like to be a, a, a supporter of the show, greatly appreciate it. So you can join in the Hall of Fame category. You can join my good friend, Car uh, Chris Hernandez, who I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, and guys, just uh, you guys being here is really, really enough for me. I thank you. I know I do this every episode and I don't care. I'll do it again. <laughs> 
Thank you guys so much for being loyal listeners, whether it's your first time, uh, been here since the beginning, or you kind of stopped and came back. Doesn't matter. I'm always glad to have you guys here. Thank you guys so much for your support, whether it's through social media, over time, or with my former days at uh, MHRT. And uh, just thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. But anyway, oh yeah. And for any business inquiries, please email at broncostalk2020 at gmail dot com so ladies and gentlemen the green bay packers were almost trying to make a very very elicited comeback and i say elicited because it almost felt like a show that we in broncos country have seen for far too long that shouldn't have happened against washington and that shouldn't have happened any time at all and has was delaying the broncos first home win of the season and it's a home win that honestly felt like it took four fucking ever. Um, but it almost got out of hand. And let me just say that if it wasn't for luck or bad luck, Jordan Luck would have no Jordan Luck. Jordan Love would have no luck at all. Because that, first of all, let's talk about that touchdown pass, quote unquote, that Jordan Love kind of just blindly threw into the end zone, I'd say. And if you guys saw that live like I did, or if you saw the highlight after the fact, and I'm pretty sure it's still up on social media or on the NFL website as well, Gene Sterator said that whoever makes contact first with the ball and either touches two feet or a knee or probably one of your cheeks or your elbow, any part of your body, whoever touches that first with obvious control of the ball, even when dual possession, that's supposed to be who breaks that tie. And as you can see in that video, Pat Sertan jumped in front of Jordan Love. He makes contact with the ball first before, uh, I'm out with Jordan Love, with the, with the wide receiver. I can't remember who it was. But he makes contact before the wide receiver does. And he touches the, the end zone before the wide receiver can kind of tug it away towards him and you know start fighting for possession of the ball. So that should have been an interception. And the fact that the call that the call came down from New York and it was reviewed and it didn't even require Sean Payton to challenge, and it still went Green Bay's way, it almost felt like that NFL script bullshit I keep seeing <laughs> on social media, where it's like, I, I I don't even know how to how to I don't even know how to put it into words, and it almost felt like the offense kind of stalled in the second half, which is something that just cannot happen. It it really cannot. I mean, Russell Wilson up until. Uh, I want to say that that Kansas City game. I mean, he was playing really good football off offensively. I mean, look at the comeback he helped make in, in Chicago. I mean, that's that's what we were expecting. If he would have put up 20 points, the, the Broncos would have won that game against the Chiefs. And that's exactly what needs to happen this coming week uh, in, in this coming watch up, uh, watch up <laughs> matchup before the bye. But we're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, let's go back into the results of the Green Bay game. So, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, that should have been an, inter an interception, like I said. Second of all, this whole Kareem Jackson thing, he was or originally suspended for four games by the NFL. And uh, Kareem appealed it, and it was lowered down to two. So, if I'm not mistaken, the bye week doesn't count. So, uh, let me look at my list here, which I should be updating. Uh, let's see. He should be back by week 11. If my math is correct, because I don't think the bye week counts since the Broncos are on a bye. And 
yeah, so he's going to miss the Kansas City game this weekend. And then he's going to miss uh, the at Buffalo weekend uh, or week 10 game. And he'll be able to come back uh, when the Vikings come into mile high. So, but with that being said, you know, obviously you guys have seen me I'm, or know that I'm not a huge Kareem Jackson fan. Okay, Let, let's get that out of the way, first of all. Um, but it's just like I really don't know what to what to do or what to say about this this guy anymore. Like it almost seems like Broncos country in, in one way or another, they're kind of divided upon the subject. Like I I get it. He's supposed to bring like that veteranship, and I know he had a very great pick play like, in that game against the Bears. But this is his third hit and his second ejection of the game. Now the thing that that kills me is the fact that if he's supposed to be, he's a captain first of all. Uh, of this of the the defense so and with his veterancy you would think that he would kind of take into like he still plays like they used to play before they made that rule where you can't hit players defenseless players and all that he still has that type of mentality and a part of me loves it but another part of me is like well you can't do that anymore they keep telling you they keep finding you but you keep doing it anyway and then you get yourself kicked out of the game and then you put your team in a in a in a bad spot and you know thank god for pj lock you know hats off to that guy he made a fantastic uh, pick play made sure that there was no flag uh justin simmons as well made sure he didn't tangle up with the wide receiver so that way there would have been no bullshit uh, uh passer interference call and pj lock was able to, to jump in front and get the interception and seal the win for denver but you got to remember, folks, we're not always going to be that lucky. You know, as P- as, as good as P.J. Locke may be or is going to be, it's like we we can't always keep, you know, how, what does that song go? Living on a prayer? Because <laughs> that's literally what we were doing. I was on the edge of my seat, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Was, Jordan Love just kind of heaved it, and he's like, well, there's got to be a Packer somewhere out there. You know, it was that type of mentality. But, like, I, I just, like, I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm probably gonna catch some shit for saying that, but I'm I'm sorry. Like I'm I'm done. Like I I really am. I honestly and the, the thing that kills me is he put out a statement because I think he was responding to somebody on social media that said um, about him something about money related. And Kareem Jackson's like, oh, I got plenty of money, and I'm like, well, that might be true, but it might not be plenty because if you did, then you wouldn't have been coming back to play for the Broncos uh you know for I'm guessing for something I mean you know obviously you're not gonna play for free but if he's not gonna clean up his his act and you know kind of at least learn to not be trying to knock people out and him getting himself in situations where he's gonna get fined and he's gonna get suspended and he's gonna get ejected then it's like why even have him out there? Like I, I don't I don't doubt his 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 veteranship or his veterans here, however you want to put it. There was that one play where when they played the Jets where he just you could because he's obviously he's an older player, he doesn't have that uh, athleticism anymore where he could just dive all over the field. But when you see when you saw Brees Hall just kind of run past him Kareem Jackson, it was either he got caught off guard or he just couldn't dive. I mean, he just ran right past Kareem like he wasn't even there. So uh, that's my only like bad 
Kareem Jackson sighting that I've seen so far uh, out of him. But it's like when he does come back, is he going to come back a better player? Is he going to come back and actually not try, like I said, not try to knock somebody out, not put his team in that predicament where they're going to be down a player? Like, I, I just don't know. Like, I, I really don't. Like, there's there's a lot of problems going on with the Broncos. The This is the, like, one of the least things they need to deal with is, you know, Kareem Jackson trying to hunt people down. And, like, I, I'm happy that he got, that he was able to appeal his case and he got his, his thing lowered from four to two. But the way the Broncos are playing, like, even when he does come back in that, that game against Minnesota, is it, I don't know. Like, is it going to be worth it? I'd like to think, I'd like to really sit here and think so, but beating Kansas City is not going to be an easy feat, and beating Buffalo is not going to be an easy feat, because Buffalo is a coin toss. One week they're juggernauts, the other week they they get rolled over easily, just to, probably as much as, you know, the teams that have rolled over the Broncos so far that aren't the Bears and uh, the Packers, but... Like I just hope he, I just hope he gets it together because there's still a lot of football to be played with. And if he, when he comes back, and if he keeps doing this shit, and it's like, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be some, somebody's gonna say, you know, enough is enough, and he's just probably gonna ride the bench the rest of the season if he gets ejected again, or the the league decides him to just ban him for the rest of the season and no appeal, no nothing, and then I don't know, like I, I just don't want him to go out there and be missile seeking people. Like, it, it just, it frustrates me, you know? It, it really does, especially when Luke Musgrave was kind of almost taunting him um, because he knew he was going to get ejected. And, you know, sucks for Luke. Uh, you know, I never want to see any player hurt. doesn't matter what team they play for because I think Luke had to be pulled from that game because he wasn't under concussion protocol. So the Packers might be, might be down a tight end uh, going into this weekend. I haven't seen their injury report, but... I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Musgrave doesn't clear protocol by Sunday. But anyways, that's one thing. The other thing is um, this whole... Basically, the real thing that's really got me fired up over these last few days, folks, and you might be in agreement with me, you might not be. If you're not, please feel free to hit me up at a 6 for 10 mexican on x slash Twitter. Let's talk about it. Is this whole thing about tanking. Now... You guys have to understand that all the NFL players, whether you're on a team that's really good like the Niners or you're on a really shitty team that hasn't won a game yet like the Panthers, everybody in the NFL is paid to play a whole season. And whether you're going to be good or great, nobody knows until you get certain weeks in, you know. And even so... The fact that you would want your favorite team to go out there and lose on purpose, to me, as an orange and blue colored fan, that shit hurts. It it really does. You know, to me, tanking should not be viewed as the other option. It should be viewed more as a consolation prize. So, like, for example, I run a confidence pool. And every single week, I pick Denver to win. I only put one point on them. <laughs> I only put one point on them. 
but I always pick Denver to win. Doesn't matter if they're facing the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. God, I hate saying that. <laughs> or a team as bad as the Bears. It doesn't matter. Denver is always going to have my uh, selection, my pick. The only time I can't pick them is during their bye week, obviously. <laughs> um, but that's just me. And I don't view, like, uh, yes, when we lose, like, it's a bitter couple of days because we just sit there and kind of poke at and pick at what was the problem, what needs to be fixed, who's probably going to get traded or deserves to be traded or cut by the deadline, all that good stuff. But come Wednesday or Thursday, when the next week kicks off, I'm already kind of like, hey, time to the next week, baby. It's hey, who's next on the docket. Hopefully we can win. And, you know, you get yourself up animated and hyped up for the next game. So that way you feel good when Sunday comes up and everybody in Broncos country has different, um, they have very different ways of getting ready to the game. People that live in mile high or when, if they're the Broncos are in the way, uh, they or a city, like they all have different rituals. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Like everybody does something different to get them hyped up, to get them ready for Sunday football. And whether those rituals work or not, being able to actually do and participate in them is what football, being a football fan, should be all about. You know, mine is Saturday and maybe even Sunday if I'm around other people. I just wear as much Bronco shit as I can. And I probably talk a little bit too much shit more than I'm supposed to. But that's just because that's what football does to you. Even when you know your team is bad, you're still going to go out there and run your mouth a little bit before somebody, hold, uh, you know, pulls back your reins and say, hey, man, you, you guys, you're not the Niners. You're not world beaters, you know. <laughs> then I'm like, yeah, OK, but but still, yeah, you know, let's ride. Go Bronco. <laughs> I say that to everybody. Um, but yeah, so the Broncos shouldn't be trying to lose on purpose. They should be seeing tanking as a consolation, even if the Broncos knock on wood they don't go out and lose every single game from here on out till the end of the season. I'm still going to be, I don't know about you guys that are listening to this, but me, I always want my Broncos to win. They always have me at the edge of my seat when they get to moments like they did this past Sunday or when I saw them here in Chicago a few weeks ago. It's just like, I can't help it. I want the Broncos to win. I want them to be, obviously they, they're not a playoff team, They'll be, it would take a genie of a miracle to make this team a Super Bowl caliber like team in such a short amount of time. But if they can find some type of sal salvage, I don't, I don't want to say salvation, but salvaging, I don't know if that's a word, just trying to make something of the season so it's not another just fucking epic failure like last year. I think that's a win in itself. What were the Broncos last year? Five and 12, I think? If they can get more than five wins, hey, that's already a little bit better than last year, you know? Even if Russell Wilson is not, it's not being reported that he's going to be back and that the Broncos are going to move on from him and they're going to eat dead cap and space and all that bullshit. Or that half of these players, uh, whether they're on offense or defense, are not going to be on the roster next year. They'll probably be traded or cut or contract negotiations or whatever have you. You just want the best for your football team is what I'm saying. And as bad as Broncos country might have it or it might seem, 
you got to remember there are probably two or three teams behind the Broncos that have it a whole lot worse. <laughs> Just be grateful that at least with all the shit that Broncos country has got going on, at least we're not like the others. So, and thankfully we don't ever get to be like that. So my message to those of you who are within the sound of my voice, whether it's one or two, five or 10 or whatever, is wear your colors proudly, cheer for the Broncos to win on game day, whenever that is, and don't don't expect or don't wish for them to tank because you don't want to see, uh, excuse me, you don't want to see that. I know me as a fan, I don't want to see none of these Broncos players moping around or going out there and, you know, playing half-ass football or just playing like complete shit on, on purpose anyway. <laughs> if it's accidental, that's one thing. Um, but, and like I said last week on, um, on, on last week's episode, I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this, about people saying that, you know, Jason Stidham was, is better than Russell Wilson. Like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's not. Like, I, I'm to me, me honestly, I would have been happy if Brett Rippon would have stayed, would have stuck around for another year behind uh, Russell Wilson. But instead, Brett Rippon got cut, and he went and he's um, the backup for uh, Matthew Stafford over out in uh, L.A. So that's that. And to me, Jason's uh, or Stidham is just being paid a whole bunch of money. And he's probably not going to see a game as a starter unless Russell Wilson gets hurt or unless Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense just amasses a huge lead where Stidham has to come in and close. But if I'm not mistaken, Stidham is one of the highest paid backup quarterbacks in the league. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was actually number one on that list. But they paid him a lot of money. And to me, that that kind of didn't really sit right with me. Because I don't think we saw enough out of him when he was with Las Vegas. I think he was with Vegas last year. Or when he was with uh, New England before that. you know. And it may have been because he was under a different offensive scheme where he may have looked like he was uh, you know, going to be maybe a really good quarterback in the NFL. But I don't think it was enough. And while I am happy, to, like, and again, we talked about this before, while I am really happy about what I saw out of him against the Rams, you got to remember, most of that Rams preseason game, A, was preseason, and B, it was a lot of their second and third stringers. So you expect a guy like Stidham to go out there and put on a show and beat the L.A. Rams, what they did. And not only did they beat the Rams, they shut out the Rams. So that was great in itself. And he should feel really good about that. You know, I know I felt good about it watching it. Uh, I was actually on vacation in St. Louis that day. But it was great to watch him, you know, go out there and succeed and know that uh, in case of emergency, Stidham is there. But to, you know, for Broncos country fans to to go out and say that, you know, Stidham can go out there and play better than Russell Wilson against certain teams, you might be right. You know, against a really bad secondary, uh, you know, Stidham could probably go out there and put on a show and, you know, get a win. But could you... Excuse me, could you really see him beating a defense like the Jets? A defense like the Browns? Uh, Upcoming matchup, the second upcoming matchup with the Chiefs, the defense is kind of starting to, you know, get things rolling a little bit. And the Broncos schedule is only going to get tougher from here. So they got a lot of tough matchups coming up. And it's like, while Russell Wilson isn't exactly a world beater, 
me personally, I would much rather have him out there and him trying to do something because the Broncos are paying him a shit ton of money to ride the bench and try, like I said, like I said before, try to teach him a lesson and, you know, bringing in Stidham and Stidham is not going to light the world on fire. I'm, I'm really sorry to those that probably don't want to hear it. And it's just going to be. And I'll give you a perfect example. Like when I went to Denver last year, uh, you guys have heard me talk about the story. So if you haven't heard it, I'm telling it again. And I didn't get to see Russell Wilson play because he was hurt. And we got, we got to see Brett Rippon. So I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe Brett Rippon can be a surprise to this Jets offense or defense and, you know, come out with a win. And aside from the Latavius Murray a touchdown run, that was pretty much it. And the Broncos lost that game because Brett Rippon was unable to uh, – get any anything get anything going the wide receivers were unable to get separation and but there i will say to in their defense the broncos offense def, uh, defense sauce gardner was doing a lot of holding on Corlin sudden and that should have been called a flag on that very last play where brett rippon i think threw the ball and or overthrew him or something like that but it's it's on social media there's pictures of obvious grabbing by by sauce gardner on that play but anyway i digress the point is, is that, again, winning or should be always put first. Doesn't matter how bad the Broncos may be looking or playing. And if they lose, like I said, draft order, draft positioning and all, anything NFL draft related should be a consolation prize. You should not be rooting for this team to go out there and lose on purpose. Because that, to me, that just, first of all, it hurts as a fan for me to hear and it really hurts because it almost feels like the team is listening and they're actually going out there and doing it on purpose. And for those of us that don't want to see the Broncos go out and, and, and lose and actually go out there and play like the professionals that they're supposed to be. And like, I, I, I want to see that. I want to see them go out there and play football because none of them, uh, none of them are guaranteed to be back next year. There might be a whole bunch of, new faces next year uh players that you know get cut or move on or they don't get the money so you know they go free agency i mean there's a lot that can happen and then there's a lot of phases that you will see next year so uh again please don't uh root for tanking please root for winning because that's what the broncos should be doing they should be I, they should be winning unfortunately they're not doing that they're letting a lot of people in broncos country down it sucks but hopefully like i said they can salvage something of the season going forward if they can get more than five wins i think that's a that's more than enough of a somewhat of a victory <laughs> for us broncos fans is for us to hang something uh or put something in our caps to say hey at least we did a little bit better than last year and uh I actually saw, um, I'm, I'm really sorry, I forgot his name, but he was doing a simulcast with uh, Brandon Perna over on uh, That's Good Sports uh, called the Packer Cast. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, I recommend you go see it. Even if you're not a, a Green Bay Packers fan, I was really interested to, to hear his side. And he gave his uh, two cents right after the game about how he felt about Jordan Love and uh, where the direction of the Packers is currently going. And... From what I've seen so far this week, there are a lot of uh, analysts who feel that Jordan Love is just not that guy. And he had really big shoes to fill, you know, coming in for Aaron Rodgers, just like Aaron Rodgers had big shoes to fill 
when he came in for Brett Favre when when Favre left. So uh, you know, and, and the Packers have their own issues. It could be Lafleur, it could be Love, it could be both Love and Lafleur. It could be uh, what's that? Their GM's name, Gunkest or whatever. Like they have their own issues and problems. But to kind of wrap up the wrap up wrap up <laughs> this segment about the Packers and the, the Broncos. The first season win felt great. The fir- at home, I should say, the first season win at home felt great. But it was long overdue. It really was. The, the, the Broncos should have beaten the Raiders. They should have beaten the Commanders. And uh, we're not going to talk about the Miami game. <laughs> uh, we're just going to skip right past that. And, you know, obviously the comeback against the Bears is probably so far... And maybe could be like the best highlight of the team season as of yet because they were down by uh, multiple scores and they were able to come back in the second half and look like the team that that should have been there since the beginning of that Bears game and since the beginning of the fucking season. So we just need we just need to see more from the defense because right now the Broncos uh, and there's a lot of people that are comparing them to kind of being the Broncos of last year where the offense was just sputtering and the defense was playing really good football giving the the ball back to the Broncos offense and the Broncos offense being did able being not able to do anything with it and you know having the, them to punt away and the defense holding their opponents to less than 20 points so hopefully the Broncos offense isn't in any type of regression Hopefully it was just a bad day at the office in terms of uh, the Kansas City game. And that's what we're going to segregate into, which is uh, the following the upcoming matchup uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this episode, and I know you guys heard me say this before, and I'm probably going to say it again every episode. This episode might be a little bit shorter than normal just for the simple fact that I'm afraid that my computer is going to shut off or, or something's going to go on during recording. So gonna try to keep it going as long as we go but it might not even make uh the normal 60 minutes that uh, we normally do so if we don't get that far i do apologize ahead of time so please bear with me during these technical difficulties that i hope i hope doesn't keep me uh knocked out for long and if it does well just gonna have to start recording off of my phone until i get shit figured out uh uh with this pc because technology is weird man <laughs> I try to understand it. I try to figure it out, but it just—it's not my thing, man. It's not my thing. Um, but anyways, second round with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now the Chiefs just got done beating the Chargers last week, and if you saw that, that was one hell of a shootout in that first half. And then uh, it almost felt like the Chiefs kind of took their foot off the pedal offensively, wise against the Chargers. And if the Chargers would have been smarter, they could have staged the comeback. But the, def- the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Uh, made sure that didn't happen and they were able to secure another win now for those of you wondering if Taylor Swift is going to be in attendance I don't think so I haven't heard anything but as far as I know or think or concerned or opinion made on I think Taylor Swift only goes to Chiefs home games and I could be wrong but the majority of the attention she's gotten, she's usually in Kansas City to watch uh, her boyfriend, uh, Travis Kelsey. So I don't think she's going to be there this 
Sunday at Mile High. I could be mistaken. She might be there and they don't show her, or she might show up late. I have no idea. But uh, her, whether she's there or not, I don't think that's going to have any difference on uh, the outcome of this game because Travis Kelsey has been killing the Broncos for many, many years, way before uh, her, uh, him and uh, Swift were even a, a, a thing. So uh, whether she... It might piss off a lot of fans because there's a lot of fans that are really, really tired who are not Taylor Swift fans that are just every time Kansas City Chiefs complete a catch or get more than 10 yards running or whatever that they just have to see what Taylor Swift has to say. <laughs> so I get, to me, I honestly don't really care because I don't care for the Chiefs. I hate the Chiefs. But if it makes Kansas City fans happy, I guess, why not? Shit. You know, have something else to cheer for that's not Patrick Mahomes-esque related. I don't know. I just, like, don't get me wrong. I like Taylor Swift. I like, like, two, maybe three of her songs, but not enough for me to go to a concert and, you know, sit there and listen to it. Like, if I was with a date, then I don't mind. But just for me to go by myself, like, nah, I'm good. I just listened to it on on my phone or something <laughs> I think I'll be fine um, but this game is really really big for the Broncos because first of all I don't even know why the hell the football gods decided that the Broncos should play the Chiefs again in less than two weeks but it is what it is and if the Broncos want to build any sort of momentum going into their bye next week uh, they have to get a win. They they really do. They cannot go into the bye week at uh, where are we at now three. We're two and five right now, and right now the the Broncos are looking at being two and six possibly. So the defense, I'll, I will give credit. The defense has stepped up these last two games. They have been playing better coverage, and they haven't been getting steamrolled as much through the air. Uh, the running game has still been an issue for the Broncos, but it hasn't been Miami like bad, you know, thank God. <laughs> um, but the reason I say this is big is because if the Broncos lose this game to the Chiefs, it doesn't matter what the score is, whether they lose by a field goal, a touchdown, or they get blown out, like it will right now the wave flag is out is up outside of Broncos country. It's just not waving. But if they lose this game, then it definitely will be waving. And come, when's the deadline? Halloween on uh, Tuesday? Come that day, like, I'm pretty sure the Broncos are going to be sellers. And they're going to listen to, if they haven't already listened to any trade offers, especially depending on who the teams are that are calling, how they do at the end of uh, at the end of the, the week after the Monday night football game between the Lions and the Raiders. And... Like, if I had to guess, and this is just me guessing, well, the first the first, the first, first one isn't really a guess because it's already been reported, but I kind of agree with it. I don't really know why. But, you know, Jerry Judy has been linked to going to uh, the Colts. So I think that's a possibility because, um, like, they, they just need... They just need that guy. Now, Josh Downs looked really good against the Browns last week. I will give him credit for that. And they do have Michael Pittman, but they just they just need a guy like Judy. 
Now, I'm not saying Judy's going to go out there and light it up because Judy also, as good as he can be, he still has some, for some reason, he still can't get separation from his opponents. He has to run in between zones and try to get himself open. But when he plays man, you'd figure with a guy like his skills that he would be able to get separation easily, but he can't. But uh, Jerry Judy going to the Colts uh, is one one guess. Uh, Justin Simmons, I don't think he's going to be traded. If there was any talk, he probably would have went to Philadelphia, but Philly already traded for Kevin Byard from the Titans. So he's out of there uh, or out of the running. So I don't think anybody's going to make a, a call for Judy. Uh, in terms of pass rush, I know the Lions need pass rush help. Uh, so if if the Lions do come calling, I they might trade. Broncos might give up one of their pass rushers. You know, they could they could give up a Jonathan Cooper or a Baron Browning. Uh, you know, the two Baron Browning who's still trying to come in and get his feet wet. Uh, you know, sidebar. God bless that man. <laughs> He was doing some Von Miller-like shit, trying to beat the snap count or, or count on whatever he got flagged twice. So, you know, that just shows how being out of those many games makes you that rusty. So hopefully Baron Browning can has shaken off enough rust where he can go and make be a difference uh, opposite side of Jonathan Cooper and give uh, make it a bad day at the office for Patrick Mahomes. Um, but that's where I think either one of those guys could end up in Detroit. Because Detroit needs pass rush help to go opposite of uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Corlin Sutton, I'm trying to think of where he could go. And I don't, I can't really think of any team. The only team that kind of comes to mind, I would say, and maybe not so, maybe it's part of probably far-fetched, is probably the 49ers. And the reason I say that is because Brandon Ayuk is good, but with Debo Samuel out, you saw how vulnerable Brock Purdy is. So when Brock Purdy doesn't have all his weapons, when he doesn't have McCaffrey and Debo and and Ayuk and all those guys, or or Kittle, they're not all on the same page. If even one of those guys is out, the 49ers look very, very uh, mortal, so to speak. So you bring in a guy like... uh, like Corlin Sutton, you trade for him. I mean, they already traded for Randy Gregory. So, uh, what's another uh, trade from the Broncos? And you bring in a guy like Corlin Sutton while Debo Samuel gets healthy. Uh, you know, he could be that veteran, even if he doesn't see uh, every snap of the ball. Uh, he could be that that veteran leadership type of, of role model. And hell, if it if it helps Corlin Sutton get a ring, I'm I'm all for it. You know, but that's a bit of a long shot. The only other team I would probably see him going to, if it's not the Niners, as a really, really far-fetched, would probably be the Cowboys. Just for the simple fact that if you have Corlin Sun on one side and uh, CeeDee Lamb on the other, man, that that would help that Dallas offense a whole lot, you know. Uh, But then again, that still seems far-fetched. And I'm pretty sure there are other teams out there that could use a a guy like Corlin Sutton Services, but in, in any in any in any way, or I digress. It's just like just the mere fact that teams are gonna be picking at the Broncos like vultures on a dead whatever vultures eat any animal. I guess it's just like it hurts. 
you know, you don't want to see that. You want to see, you always wanted to see the Broncos being on the other side of the ball, bringing in other players that want to come to Denver and that the Broncos are doing really good and they're in contendership to go to a Super Bowl and win one and not having to sit there and being picked apart by other teams. And like, I get it. It's a rebuild is again, is coming or whatever, but you just, one thing no fan wants to hear is rebuild. You always feel that every player that the team drafts, if they can find a diamond in the rough, that they're going to last forever with that team. But at the end of the day, the NFL is a business. And if any player sees their beginning all the way to their end with the same team, is anything short of a miracle. <laughs> Not too many players in the league, I would say, can say that, that have had, that have had really long, successful careers with the, with the team that drafted them or traded for him or picked him or whatever, and then they ended the same career with him. So I think if you're one of those, you're a very lucky, very lucky man. But uh, anyway, the keys, my three keys to beating the Kansas City Chiefs are probably the same keys that didn't happen before that need to happen again. So obviously, uh, my only, actually, sidebar again, my only worry is that there's going to be a lot of Chiefs fans at this game because it's also been reported that there's been a lot of uh, Broncos season ticket holders that have been selling their tickets because they don't want to go to the game. So that's why you've been seeing a lot of a lot of opposing player jerseys and stuff, uh, fans at at the home game, which it just it just sucks. It really does. Because I'm pretty sure there's a long line of people waiting to get on that season ticket list. And for you to just go out and sell your tickets just because the team is playing bad. It's like... Eh. And on one hand. On the other hand, I know I probably shouldn't be saying that because I was planning a trip out to Denver. <laughs> to go see the Broncos play in person. But I settled for them coming here to Chicago. And I mean, I don't know. If I'm able to scrap up some money and actually still go see them, then, you know, I, I still might. I might not be in Denver for as long as I was last year. It might just be a quick weekend, you know. But uh, but if I was able to get season tickets, I'd go every fucking game. I don't care whether the team is good or bad. I'm paying money to go see the Broncos, and I'm going to go see them. So uh, I guess that's just a risk you take. But anyway, uh, putting pressure on Patrick Mahomes, one, is key because we saw when you put pressure on him and you get him out of his comfort zone making Patrick Mahomes scramble isn't always the answer because he can scramble very well but if you can kind of keep him force him out of his comfort zone and if you can kind of make him rattle him uh he can make Aaron throws like he did on that one the way through the interception to Justin Simmons and without Kareem Jackson in the backfield that secondary is going to be really stretched this time around. So I know PJ Locke's going to be uh, uh, out there, and so is uh, Justin Simmons. But they got to play really careful because the injuries are still lurking around in this Broncos team, and uh, just got to make sure that the that the Broncos can finish healthy without no injuries going into the bye. Uh, also, another sidebar, <laughs> a lot of sidebars today. Uh, shout out to Lloyd Cushenberry, who I'm going to say I'm going to eat crow on because I was one of the few people that gave him a lot of shit over the last few years about him struggling as a center. But it seems like he's found his mojo and he's starting to mold himself into a really good center. So uh, me personally, I apologize to him for, you know, just for all the shit that I said. And, you know, when I'm wrong, I'll admit it. I'll eat crow. My bad. So Lloyd, uh, keep doing what you're doing, bro. You're doing great. Hopefully you have a long and extended career as a Bronco. So 
the second key point to beating uh, the Chiefs is trying to continuing to find how to shut down Travis Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey has been killing the Broncos for years, as I said before. So if you can limit him and not make all the mistakes that you saw the Chargers doing this past weekend, uh, kind of keeping him in check like they did last last game where they didn't let him run a muck run wild is uh, a key for the Broncos, for possible Broncos success. And the third one is just uh, trying to, and these are pretty obvious, so it's nothing you haven't heard anywhere else. And it's just kind of, you know, limiting the running game. Uh, the running game has kind of been uh, apparent and just kind of running amok. They haven't been running wild, as I said earlier, like the Dolphins game. But them just, you know, picking up yardage and the Broncos defense not being able to get off the field and giving Patrick Mahomes another chance to throw the ball and making a big play. Uh, that's You don't want to do that. You don't want to give Patrick Mahomes another shot. The longer you can keep him off the bench or the more you can pressure him to make mistakes, the better day in the office it will be for the Broncos. Now, I will say that even though the Chiefs traded to go get McCall Hardman back, which just sounds stupid, <laughs> but I, I don't think that McCall Hardman is the answer for them in terms of what they had with Juju Smith-Schuster and um, I forget the name of the other uh, wide receiver that they had last year that really made them a more formidable team. So... Uh, don't get me wrong, Hardman's fast and he plays really good on special teams, but in terms of him being like that number one, I, I think you're better off taking your chances with those rookies that uh, have been showing flashes for the Chiefs. So, and hopefully I'm right about that because last, last week he only had like that, Hardman only had like that one little highlight where he almost looked like he was about to take off on the punt return and or kick return or whatever it was. And he, he didn't get off all the way, but, you know, he got taken down, but he did get pretty far. So I, I think that the, the Chiefs kind of over, uh, I think they messed up on that for trading him. I think there was a lot of other players they could have traded for that would have made a better, bigger difference in terms of trying to be that big wide receiver one, Patrick Mahomes. But hey, if it sounds like a mistake, uh, I'm just pointing it out, but I'm happy that they didn't, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, so to kind of wrap things up, uh, this game needs to be, it's a very big game for Denver. If the Broncos can pull off an upset and finally break the losing streak to the Chiefs, I think it would be it would be a giant confidence booster for this team going into the bye week. And, you know, it'll be a really great boost for Broncos country and make it look a whole lot forward to the upcoming matchup. The following week after the bye when they travel to uh, Buffalo. Because like I said, the schedule for the Broncos is only going to get tougher uh, from here. And, you know, they still have to play the Raiders one more game. But the Broncos won't play the Raiders till like the very last week of football. Uh, and then for the remaining matchups, they have, uh, look at the list here. They have Buffalo uh, at Buffalo uh, at home against Minnesota. And then a tough matchup against Cleveland at home. And then they're on the road again against the Texans, the Chargers, and then against Detroit. And then they come back home to face uh, New England and then the Chargers again at, at, in, at Mile High. And then, like I said, they end the season at Las Vegas. So that's that's a lot of tough teams, except for like maybe uh, a, a second round with the Chargers and New England's not playing very well, even though they're coming off of a big win against Buffalo. 
Uh, but still, they the Broncos need this. They really do because if the Broncos lose this game and uh, they become sellers and they sell off a whole bunch of key pieces like have been re- being reported for the last month, it's just going to deteriorate the confidence of Broncos country even more and it's going to push people to keep saying, you know, just tank and it's going to be harder. It makes it harder to root for this team, you know, especially if you're not a diehard fan. And it's just going to bring on more negativity from people. I mean, you see it all the time when the Broncos media team posts what the score is and it's like yeah the team sucks you know or fuck russell wilson or fuck this or fuck that and it's like it's just frustration and you don't really you don't really want to see that because this isn't a team that's not used to being frustrated in that demeanor especially for this long you know so hopefully sean payton can finally start turning this thing around um and start putting some w's back into the column as we head into the middle of the season. Uh, by the way, uh, before we close up, just want to point out the whole... I don't know if you guys heard the story that Sean Payton was riding around trying to get sushi after the game and that he wasn't happy that the Broncos won or some weird shit like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's shit like that that kind of makes me question, like, you know, if you ever do I ever want to, like, even... I don't know, hypothetically speaking, if you could have, like, a... Uh, dinner or hang out with Sean Payton like would you want to if he's doing doing weird shit like that like I I don't know I just found it weird (laughs) Uh, but guys it's gonna have to do it for today's show sorry for keeping things a little bit short like I said I want to make sure I'm able to upload everything directly and correctly Uh, next week we will hopefully be coming back at a regular scheduled recording time which is on Wednesdays fingers crossed uh, as for the bye week, since the Broncos do not play, I don't know what it is I will cover. Maybe thinking about maybe doing like a report card ish. Uh, actually, I don't even know that's a good idea because I think everybody's going to give the Broncos the same report, especially if the Broncos don't win. Um, but I have no idea. Maybe we'll recap what's going on in the NFL with different teams so far. Give my personal thoughts about it, especially if they have any upcoming matchup uh, against the Broncos. Uh, we'll talk about where we are in the current record uh, so far two and five versus our projected or my projected record of 13 and four which is way the fuck off <laughs> um, but yeah but thank you guys so much for listening uh, just to go reek over a couple of things if you guys want to be a supporter of the show your donations are always welcome here on anchor slash Spotify also if you want to hit me up on next slash Twitter please do at a six foot ten Mexican I'm always down to talk about anything and all things football uh, for any business inquiries you can email at Broncos talk 2020 at gmail.com and wherever it is you guys are listening to this podcast please make sure the five star uh, reviews are always appreciated uh, subscribe hit that thumbs up button whatever it is that can help me get this podcast out there to other people uh, your support is always appreciated. So whether you hear this through any one of these apps or you, you wait until I post it on my socials so you know when the next episode is up, thank you guys so much for your continued support. And keep your head up, Broncos country, because that's all we can do at this point. And like I said, if I can come back on the air with you guys next week and say the words that we've been trying to say since what 2017 you know the broncos finally beat the fucking chiefs (laughs) i think i might do a backflip you know even though probably bust my shit but i'd be that fucking happy uh but anyways guys thank you guys so much for listening enjoy the rest of your day evening whenever it is you're listening to this podcast and as always go broncos Woo! let's ride